Okay, we are live. Yep. All right. Hello, everyone. It is August 6th, 2020. Welcome to episode four of the Legacy Battle Podcast. Please uh, join our group page. Check out the video section for prior shows and panelists info. Our trivia question for a prize is going to be announced later in the show, so please stay tuned. Um, our next show information, it's going to be August 27th, and uh, we will be debating what we like to call the second Mount Rushmore of wrestling. We've all come to agreement that the first Mount Rushmore would be Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and The Rock. So those four are out of the picture for that debate. Um, but it's going to be a good one. It's going to be our first cross-examination debate. So uh, we'll hope you all tune in on the 27th. I want to introduce our guest judge. This is uh, Amy Billy. She's uh, been a teacher for 27 years. She's a graduate from Penn State. I could say so much about that, but I won't. Uh, so we're, we're happy to have you here. Thank you for coming on live with us tonight. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to jump right into it because uh, we try to keep these things at an hour. So uh, tonight's debate is should uh, baseball put the steroid users into the Hall of Fame? It is a team debate, and the teams are Brett and myself versus Kevin and Brian. Uh, debate rules for tonight. Uh, each debater is going to have six minutes to make their case. There'll be a three-minute rebuttal. Uh, which will be permitted from the opposing debater, followed by a two-minute follow-up from the debater stating their case. This will be completed by each debater till we've all gone. Should any debater finish before their time is up, they will notify the timekeeper by stating they are finished. And coin flips were done prior to determine uh, positioning throughout the debate and, and closing as well. So let's get started and uh, due to coin toss again just like some prior shows i have to go first um i have i'm i'm going up against kevin so ryan you want to take the clock on this one okay you got it ready and go so i'm going to be making two points in my argument tonight the first one is that baseball knew that players were using steroids and they did nothing about it because of money and second, the biggest names in this scandal, a la Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, were Hall of Famers before they even used steroids. So let's go back to 1994. Baseball is setting record attendances. Revenue is higher than it's ever been. The Montreal Expos are in first place, for goodness sakes. They don't even exist anymore. America's pastime is the biggest sport in the country. Now let's fast forward a little bit later in 1994, it's August 12th, and the players strike the killed baseball. It's begun. The players' greed and the owner's unwillingness to give, to give in debates killed fans' morale and love for the game. When they finally came into an agreement, it was too late. Baseball was lost. 1995 rolls around, attendance drops 20%, TV revenue drops $200 million, its biggest drop in history. Prior to games, fans are protesting. Pittsburgh Pirate All-Star Andy Vance like is being pelted by the free giveaway that night when they were playing the Expos, and he says it's a fan upheaval. Now let's fast forward again to 1998. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. 
are having they're saving baseball with a home run that is chasing for Roger Maris's record of 61 homers in a season. The nation is enthralled. The long ball has saved baseball. And baseball needs stars and its most famous record broken to survive and to come back. Baseball used steroid players to save the game. And here's proof that MLB knew that they were using. FBI undercover investigation Equine in 1995 by special agent Steljack notified Major League Baseball security chief Kevin Hallman that Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire were named by a busted dealer. This information was then buried by Major League Baseball and not until 2005 when Canseco's book came out and, and the United States Congress opened a hearing did baseball start testing for steroids. And during the hearings, the security chief, Kevin Hallman, stated he doesn't recall a conversation with the FBI. Right. So let's look at a 60 Minutes interview. Mike Wallace, he interviewed Jose Canseco. He interviewed the vice president of baseball, Sandy Alderson, and one of the greatest managers of all time, Tony LaRusso. Canseco stated that MLB knew he was using and other players were using. Owners knew the players were using. The association, Players Association knew they were using. The vice president, Alderson, said, I'm not here to suggest that there wasn't a sense that, you know, from an anecdotal standpoint, that something was going on with some individuals. Mike Wallace then asked him if he thought Canseco and McGuire were taking steroids, and he stated, I had my suspicions. Tony LaRusso said that Canseco openly bragged in the locker room about using. MLB had no testing, no deterrent, because it wanted attendance and revenue back up. And not only did it go back up, it broke records. Writer Howard Bryant, who wrote the book Steroid Era, stated that everyone benefited, and that is why nothing was done. Owners made more money than ever before, and players started getting $20 million contracts. Now to my second argument. Clemens and Bonds were already Hall of Famers before using. I'll start with Roger Clemens. And what I have here for you is a comparison of a Hall of Famer, Jack Morris, compared to Roger Clemens. I'm going to try and get out of the way a little bit here in a second, but it's known that Clemens started using steroids in 1997. So this first row shows his stats in 1997. He has 192 wins, an ERA of 3.16, over 2,900 strikeouts, three Cy Youngs, and one MVP. Now let's compare that to Jack Morris. Morris has a higher ERA, less strikeouts, and no awards. Roger Clemens was going to the Hall of Fame regardless if he used or not. Then I did another one here at the very end, which is going to be kind of hard to see, but I added four more years in on his on his averages without using steroids. And remember, he played a lot more than four more years with steroids, and his numbers were through the roof. So he's definitely would have been in the Hall of Fame. Now let's talk about Barry Bonds. There's no need to compare him to another player because there's no comparison to Barry Bonds. We all know he's probably the greatest hitter in history. So it's known that he started juicing in 1999 after he saw Sosa McGuire killing the ball in 98. He was jealous, wanted their money they were getting. I mean, no one ever said Barry was a nice guy. That's not what we're debating here today. But Bonds pre-steroids had 411 homers, which means four more seasons with no juicing, he's getting to 500, which was guaranteed he went to the Hall of Fame. He had eight gold gloves and three MVPs already and over 400 stolen bases. He, was base, he would have been baseball's only 500 homer, 500 stolen base man. Guaranteed Hall of Fame. And he was already a Hall of Famer because of all those stats. And the say hey kid Willie Mays has said that Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. And he's probably one of the greatest players of all time. So.
I'm finished. Kevin, you'll get a three minute rebuttal. Brian, you got that? Yeah. All right. And go. All right. So, yeah, stats wise, before they did steroids, yeah, they still had some good numbers. But it doesn't matter. It's cheating, regardless of what you say. It doesn't matter how you cut it. Taking something to enhance your performance is cheating. If you're knowingly doing it and you're trying to conceal it, obviously you know it's wrong. It is cheating, regardless whether you had good numbers prior to or you or you didn't. Yeah, Bonds had some good numbers before, but have you seen his numbers after he started juicing and he started getting way up there in the home run count? I'm going to go over Bonds later. Um, and Roger Clemens, because I'm glad you mentioned them. I'm going to go over that in my argument a little bit later. But regardless, it's cheating. doesn't matter. Performance-enhancing drugs are dangerous. Uh, it can le it leads to more injuries. Bonds had plenty of injuries uh, that he started getting once he started juicing. So did McGuire. It messes with people's emotions. It gives them their, those fits of rage and anger. causes more fights, which can, in turn can injure more players. Um, they can cause early deaths to people because it explodes people's hearts, depending on how hard they push themselves. Um, <clears throat> it covers up the true talent of the players, like, or it covers up the talents that they don't have because it's that what if question. What if they didn't do steroids? Would Bonds have broken the record? Would he have hit 73 home runs in his peak of juicing himself? Yes, they're still going to have skill from time to time. They're still going to have to be able to hit the ball, have that hand-eye coordination. But cheating is cheating. The drugs are banned for a reason. It affects your gameplay. Bond, uh, Bonds and others said that they had to take it basically to stay relevant because they were starting to fade away. Their performance started to go, and they were afraid of losing their position. So they took something that they knew would give them an edge, which is cheating. And... If you didn't get a boost from it, then why why would you take performance enhancing drugs? If it didn't give you an effect of any sort, why would you take them? You know, I'm gonna put it put it this way. If Pete Rose, who is clearly a Hall of Famer, who didn't use performance enhancing drugs, he bet on games that his team would win, not against his, his team, so it wouldn't really affect the outcome of the game, he's banned for life from getting into the Hall of Fame. But he had the numbers, and he didn't cheat. So why should we let cheaters into the Hall of Fame? And for those two, the one judge that we have, the guest judge, and Brett Ebert, your teammate, who works at the schools, uh, if, if a kid cheats on a test to get straight A's and gets caught before the end of the year to graduate and would have been valedictorian, should we still let them be valedictorian, knowing that they cheated, or should we give it to the next person? That's it. Okay, I get a two-minute uh, follow-up. Brian, let me know when you're ready. Okay, fire away. Gambling, Pete Rose, it's very wrong, but gambling doesn't give you a competitive edge. So that's the difference here. Yes, did they use steroids? Yes, they did. Most of baseball was using steroids. 
So how much was there really a competitive edge? I'll give you some examples. Hall of Famer Pudge Rodriguez played with Jose Canseco in Texas. Hall of Famer. He was being shot up by Jose Canseco in the locker room, along with Juan Gonzalez. Mike Piazza, he is admitted to taking performance-enhancing drugs. He is also known for his pimply back. That was always the joke around him. He's admitted to taking performance-enhancing drugs. He's in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Bagwell, he's a Hall of Famer. To this day, he refuses to answer any questions about steroids when he was hitting home runs in the middle of the steroid era. Juice records that you brought up, Kevin, that Bonzo, he hit all these homers after he was juicing. It doesn't matter. I'm talking about Bonds before he was juicing. He was already statistically going to be a Hall of Famer. He was setting records even before the juice. Same with Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens had three Cy Youngs and an MVP. How many pitchers get an MVP? He was going to the Hall of Fame before juicing. I'm finished. All right. Okay. All right, we're gonna move on to round two, Brian versus Brett. Brian, by coin toss, you're going first. I'll take the timer on this one. You have six minutes. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, go. I think it's very important that we have to consider the clean players. Um, we have to acknowledge the unfair advantage that steroids um, gave to these users. And we have to acknowledge the clean players because the last thing that we want to do is to further insult them by putting these users in the Hall of Fame. These guys went about things the right way. We're talking about 80, 90% of the players back then, and they went about the right way. If we take and we put these these users into the Hall of Fame, it's a slap in the face to these guys that that, that follow the rules. Uh, Hall of Famer Joe Morgan, he's quoted saying, by cheating, they put up huge numbers and made great players who didn't cheat look smaller by comparison. That's just not right. He went on to say, it's gotten to the point where Hall of Famers are saying, if these users get in, they will no longer come to Cooperstown. They don't want to be a part of it if it's tarnished. Uh, Commissioner Bud Selig, um, whenever whenever Barry Bonds took the uh, uh, the all-time home run record uh, from Hank Aaron, he's quoted as saying, Bonds is not the home run king. He still considers Hank Aaron a home run king. I mean, that's significant when it's the commissioner of the league just doesn't recognize it because he knows that Bonds was a cheater. Um, steroids, how do steroids help? Steroids doesn't help you with your, you know, uh, with timing on your swings or, or, or with, you know, various things, various parts of the game like that. But what it does help you with is it helps you with your muscle strength and it helps you with your healing rates. And you can gain muscle mass even if you don't lift weights. So you can, you can, you can skip, you know, putting in the real work that you have to as an athlete by using steroids. Now the steroid era is recognized from 1993 to 2002. So I've got some statistics to take a look at here. Let me get this turned around. Okay. So now these are the 10 years previous 
to the steroid era. This is 1983 to 1992. I'm sorry, let me get this right. Okay, there we go. The 10 years previous, so we're talking 1983, 1992, runs per game were 4.29 throughout the league, and home runs were 0.82. Now enter the steroid era. Look at the difference. It shot up to 4.86 runs per game and 1.16 home runs per game. I mean, that was, you know, a handful of these guys that decided not to, to follow the rules, and they skewed the stats this far. Now, you know, baseball started to get things under control over the last 18 years. I mean, there were still some, but they've, they've you know, they've regulated. They've got a lot of the steroid use out, and now the numbers are starting to drop again. We're looking at 4.52 and 1.07 on the home runs. Okay. And also, in addition to that, nine of the 10 steroid era seasons are in the top 22 all time for home runs per game. So if you look at all the seasons going back to the 1890s, we're talking about nine of the, of, of the, the 10 are in the top 22. That is, that is significant. So also, you ask yourself, what do the fans want? You know, the fans are really what it's all about. And according to a poll that was conducted by uh, Tilt.com, 69% say steroid users have no place in the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's significant. That's, that's you know, that's seven out of 10 people are saying, we don't want this. And 73.8% say Hank Aaron is the real home run king. They don't even recognize Barry Bonds as the real home run king because he's linked to this cheating. He's linked to these steroids. So this unfair balance should not be rewarded. And to, to think that it is that you're, you're really, you're just ignoring something that is, that is very important. And that's the integrity of baseball. I'm done. Okay. Brent, you have a three minute rebuttal. You ready? You're on mute. There we go. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, go. All right. Um, so I, I can see some of your points there about what you were saying, and I'm just going to touch on some of the topics kind of quickly. Um, you know, you were talking about how it devalues the clean players or, quote, clean players of baseball. But really, how do you determine who those clean players were when baseball didn't even start testing for steroids until 1991? Um, so, I mean, yeah, we did have a what they call a steroid era, but are we just going to completely ignore the entire other existence of baseball and those eras, because what about all those players? Um, I mean, it's been reported by multiple players that throughout the years, more specifically in the steroid era, but that over 40% of pro baseball players have used performance enhancing drugs at some point in their career. Um, whether they were tested or not, or whether it was before 91, it, there's a lot of things that could be argued there. Um, and actually touching on the healing rates about steroids, which is correct. A, a lot of the players used it as uh, a way to, you know, heal their body quicker. But athletes nowadays are allowed a multitude of new advances in medical sciences and everything. Things like CBD, uh, marijuana, if it's prescribed, this st there's stuff called deer antler, natural energy supplements, all the stuff that they're allowed to take nowadays that do the exact same things that steroids did, but because they're regulated and people can make more money off of them, they're allowing athletes to take these in all professional sports. 
Um, but that that's just another side that kind of makes me think back to this wasn't available all back then. Um, we're talking about, oh, the stats too. I mean, if you look at every major sport, the stats throughout the years from the 90s until now have increased. Basketball is amazing with how many points are scored a game. NHL goals are up. Uh, they're making the goalie pad smaller. And really, it's all for the fans. Uh, you know, the fans want to see this more intense game, more fun, more runs scored. And so obviously these organizations are going to give it to them. And uh, that's where I think the the stats can really be talked about. And then also real quick with baseball, how about the infield switch? You know, multiple teams have employed this new, you know, with Joe Madden here in Tampa Bay, he was one of the pioneers of it that have really made those numbers drop back down from the steroid era because they know how to, they know how batters hit. They can play the odds and, get the guy and switch their infield over and get them out, you know, nine out of 10 times. Um, but I mean, those, those are the points I'm going to touch on to your arguments and I'm done. Okay. Brian, you have two minutes. Ready? Go. Yeah. I mean, I, I did illustrate that the runs and the home runs are down and, you know, I mean, yeah, you may say, okay, there might have been some extra strategies that were thrown in there that that have attributed that some, but we don't have anybody hitting 70 home runs anymore. We don't have anybody, you know, running away with these records like like what was happening in the steroid era. Um, also, you talk about in the, you know, uh, you know, in the early part of the steroid era and the, and the players, all that, well, they didn't know what was going to happen. That's That's just not true because the NFL – they banned steroids in 1987. They knew after seeing what steroids did it to their sport in the 70s and in the early 80s, they saw what the effects were. And so they already had it banned. And so then, you know, the steroid era in baseball should have not even happened because, you know, it basically it happened in the early 90s. So they all ignored everything that happened in the NFL, which was just right next door. And, and they just, um, you know, they just decided that this is what they were going to do. They were going to enhance themselves. They didn't care about anybody else. They just cared about their own performance. And that's what really made it wrong. I'm done. Okay. All right. Next up will be Kevin versus me again. This time, Kevin will be making the argument. Brian, you want to do the timer again? Yeah. And go. Six so steroid users have shattered the integrity of the game. I don't care what you say. They shattered the integrity of the game, the integrity and the honor of the game. This is America's pastime. This is one of the longest sports in the history of our country. Okay? Using steroids is cheap. I don't know how else to put it. It increases power. It increases speed. increases your performance. makes it easier to hit the ball farther. makes it easier to throw the pitchers throw faster hall of fame voting is based on players record playing ability integrity sportsmanship character and contributions to the team yes their contributions to the team helped when they were using steroids because it put their teams on the map and gave them some gave the sport as michael put it brought it back to life um but they did it by cheating and doing something that was illegal that they knew they shouldn't be doing there was an influx of usage of steroids in the 90s and 2000s, and there was an undeniable surge in offensive statistics. Now, an example, 
Michael said that bonds didn't start using until 99, but actually I had found that it was actually 97. Um, bonds started to, instead of decline at his age, like most normal natural players, um, he actually turned into a far better hitter than ever before. His batting average went up 26 points. His home run rate went up 20%. When he hit 73 home runs, that was 24 more than his previous 15 seasons in the league. 24 more. 24 is what a lot of major league players don't even get in a single season. And he added that on top of his, his totals. Roger Clemens started using in 98. His final two years in Boston, he had an ERA, which if you don't know what ERA is, it's earned, earned runs against. He allowed four plus runs a game. Then he went to the Blue Jays around when he started using. And he won back-to-back Cy Young Awards. So his Cy Young Awards were won while he was using. Then he got 20 wins with the Yankees in 2001 and 18 wins with the Astros in 2004 at 41 years old. 41 years old, he's getting 18 wins and winning a Cy Young Award. Both of those years, you can't tell me that juicing did not help or, or uh, aid in that, in that feat. Players who knowingly take them, it, it's cheating to get a competitive edge. Hall of Fame honor is a privilege for those who have competed fairly. Not trying to do something un- under the radar. Ken Caminetti admitted to using steroids in 1996, and he won the MVP that year. That's the only year that he really had any major accomplishments. He also won the Silver Slugger Award that year. He made three All-Star games. Only one was before he started using. The other two that he made were after he started using, 96 and 97. His batting average went up to over 300, went up to 326, His RBIs increased by about 40. His home runs increased by almost 20. And he played that whole 96 year with a torn rotator cuff. And he was juicing that year. Tom Verducci, who's a sports uh, writer, he quoted saying that McGuire's forearms looked bigger than his own neck. And McGuire actually told him that his forearms were 17 inches around. My neck is 17 inches. His forearms were as big as my neck. Bonds, he said, his upper body bulked up like he was Incredible Hulk. Just to show you, pre-steroid uh, use to after-steroid use, look at the difference in size. You're telling me that that's not going to give you a competitive edge? That's not going to help you hit the ball farther? Prior to the mandating testing, players could use whatever they wanted. Games were being won and lost, not because of skill, but whoever had the best chemist, whoever can come concoct the best formula, was helping these teams win games. Juicing or out of the job or being disadvantaged is how players felt that weren't juicing. The players that were playing fair felt that they were at a disadvantage or they were going to lose their job because of the players that were using. Caminetti said that there was a secret society where they discussed their usage. They did it under wraps because they knew it was wrong. Bonds hit 40-plus home runs two times pre-steroids. Post-steroids, he hit six times. One of those was the 73-run uh, 73 home run uh, season during an age where people decline in performance is mid to late thirties. He batted over 300 five times pre-steroid use and just over, that was just over 300 after steroid use six times. And they was in the mid to high three hundreds His on base percentage increased to over 500% and one season at 600% because nobody wanted to pitch to him because of his power, which came from steroid use. So they were walking him more times. He walked 198 times the season over 500 and 230 times the season over 600. He had 317 home runs, which is 72 more 
than all 18,000 other MLB players from age 35 on when he started using. So he hit 72 more home runs after 18,000 other players after he started using steroids. Players over the age of 35 battling for the title or pitchers battling for the ERA title dropped by 40% since the testing was implemented. You know, there was only, out of the 137 seasons, there was only two seasons where 60 home runs was achieved. One was in 1927 when Babe Ruth hit 60. The other was in 1961 when Roger Maris hit 61. You know, the other seasons that had 60-plus home runs? 1998 through 2001, where there was somebody over, actually one or two over 60 home runs pretty much every season except for one, and they all were linked and proven to have used steroids. Finish? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three-minute uh, rebuttal for myself. Brian, you can say go. Go. Your only argument continues to be cheating. That, that That's it. Brett and I will admit that our guys use steroids. That's not the argument. They use juice. Okay, whatever. I already mentioned three men who use steroids that are in the Hall of Fame. Baseball knows they use steroids. They're in the Hall of Fame. Let me give you another one. Larry Walker. We don't know if he used or didn't use because he played at Coors Field, which if you want to talk cheating, playing at Coors Field is cheating because you can hit the ball a mile uh, just by tapping it basically because of the air. Big Poppy, David Ortiz. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet because he just retired uh, two or three years ago, so he's not eligible. It's pretty well known that he used, but guess what? He's going in the Hall of Fame. Kevin, you brought up Ken Caminetti and he won these awards. Baseball didn't take him back. They didn't say you cheated. You don't get to keep the awards. He's still recognized as the winner of those awards that you mentioned. And you're trying to tell me that a billion dollar industry doesn't know what it's going on with its players. I find that really hard to believe. And then you mentioned Clemens, oh, he won these MVP or Cy Youngs with Toronto when he was using and he racked up all these wins. Okay, in the stats I showed earlier, the Cy Youngs that he won were with Boston in the 19, early 80s, early maybe 90s. These were well before he went to Toronto. He was not juicing at that time. The guy weighed like a buck 50. He was not juicing at that time. He just had a good fastball. And his MVP that he won was also in the 1980s. If a pitcher wins that amount of awards, they're going to the Hall of Fame. It's a given. I'm finished. Kevin, you get two minutes. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. Brian and I aren't disputing that their stats pre-steroid, you know, weren't bad and that they weren't possibly Hall of Fame worthy. We're not denying that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about pre-steroid use. We're talking about people that willingly and knowingly took steroids, which is an illegal drug. Um, if you and I took steroids and we drug tested, we'd lose our jobs. We wouldn't still be employed. I wouldn't still be employed. We'd lose our jobs. We're talking about the integrity of the game. We're not talking about, yeah, Bonds was – uh, all-star player back in the early 90s before he started juicing. We're talking about people that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame 
because they maintained the character, they maintained the integrity and honor of the game. They tarnished the game. Why do you think the guy that bought Bonds' 73 home run ball engraved an asterisk into it? Because he's a he cheated, he juiced. What like you always say about Griffey, he's the what if. Well, what if Bonds didn't juice? Would we be having this same conversation? Would we would we be having this this conversation about whether or not he's the home run king or not? Probably not, because he wouldn't have hit 73 home runs. Guaranteed. He would not have hit 73 home runs if he wasn't juicing. We've clearly shown how it increases your performance. It gives you an advantage. And it tarnished the integrity of the game. If someone's not going to get in to Hall of Fame because he made a bet that his team would win, who has Hall of Fame stats, then why would we let somebody in that actually cheated and knew that they were cheating and tried to hide it and conceal it? All right, done. Okay. All right, we'll move on to the next round with Brett versus Brian. Six minutes to Brett. Are you ready, Brett? I'm ready. You're off mute this time? <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right, ready? Go. All right. All right. So, yeah, we're, we're just going to start with, you know, uh, is cheating in any sport morally wrong? Absolutely. I don't think any of us are denying that point. But what's also not to say who says that anyone who's ever cheated in a sport can't be acknowledged for their entire career instead of just that snapshot or a small couple of years of what went on. Um, because I can tell you one thing, cheating has been a part of baseball, um, actually all sports, if you really want to think about it, for years before this steroid era ever came along in baseball. And actually, baseball just chose to ignore it until it became public. Then they had no choice but to address it. Um, again, that moves back to baseball not even banning steroids until 91. Um, and then you talk about what about all those athletes before 91? Are we supposed to put an asterisk you know, next to them? Because how do we know whether they used or whether they didn't? Um, but again, it's it's been proven baseball players have spoken out themselves throughout the years that most players before the steroid era took place, um, took multiple supplements, amphetamines, banned substances that would have had them ineligible for the hall of fame. But again, it was never tested for, um, you know, and I'm going to jump real quick to another sport. This is directly reported that from 1970 to 1990 in the NFL, it's been reported that around 80% of players took some type of PED, uh, you know, performance enhancing drug. And in those years, there were 82 players who have been selected to the NFL Hall of Fame. So again, all before this point, sports are just taking all these players. They didn't care what was going on. There are players in the Hall of Fame of every sport who have used PEDs at some point. So now we're just excluding a small group of players because everything became public and the league's trying to save its name. Um, and here's one of my main points, and we've been touching on this. Everyone says that steroids has helped, helps players. It gives them what's quote an advantage over any other player. Um, and I'm going to talk about that advantage because you can argue that any player who has ever had an advantage of some type should be kept out of the hall of fame. If we're just talking about 
uh, steroids or anything. And I'm talking about pine tar. I'm talking about corked bat, betting on baseball, Vaseline or what other substance pitchers can use to make their fastball or their curveball different. Uh, small ballparks. We talked about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth played in one of the smallest ballparks known in baseball history, yet he has some of the highest home runs, but isn't a small ballpark an advantage? Um, you know, uh, are you going to put an asterisk next to Bear, or next to uh, Babe Ruth because he played in a small ballpark? No, because he did. His career spoke for itself. Um, you know, in past, pitchers played on higher mounds than what they have now. They, they reduced the mounds because they said the higher mounds gave those pitchers an advantage over the, over the batters. Should we put an asterisk next to those pitchers because they're in the Hall of Fame because they had that advantage? Um, let's, let's look at some current stuff going on in baseball. Justin Verlander, guaranteed to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot when he retires. He's still playing. Uh, look what his Astros just did last year. His Astros just had one of the biggest cheating scandals ever. Is he going to be kept out? Are all those players on that team who might have been possible Hall of Famers going to be kept out of the Hall of Fame? Again, we, we can't just seclude one type of cheating and say that's the only kind that can be kept out of the Hall of Fame if cheating in general is not okay. You know, you, you also look at this too. Uh, Josh Hamilton, very local guy here. Tampa Bay Rays picked him up early out. Um, I actually even got to meet the guy. Nice guy. Um, and he has tons of fans around baseball uh, because he's a recovered drug and alcoholic who came back to baseball, performed really well, had a couple of little step backs. But everyone views this guy as a hero. Yet they're saying everybody who used just steroids is cheaters. They're losers. They're what just because they use steroids are cheaters and losers, but a guy who's abused drugs and was an alcoholic and crumbled his family apart, they're touting as a hero. And he, he had great numbers. If he would have stayed in, he, he would have been a Hall of Fame ballot for sure. But, you know, unfortunately, injuries and stuff uh, kind of cut his short. Um, and again, I'm going to touch on, you know, the part that most players in the steroid era were great before they ever started taking performance enhancing drugs, their careers would have spoke for itself to be in the hall of fame. They made a poor decision, but aren't we a country of second chances? Aren't we a country that allows people to make mistakes and grow from it? We're not talking about somebody who tested positive two years in, then five years in, then 10 years in. We're talking about these guys who were tested, they got popped and then they tried to move on from it. You know, you, you could take, uh, Alex Rodriguez, he, he got tested and got popped. And then two years after he stopped taking them, he was league MVP. And then four years after, or two more years after that, he was the league MVP again when he was not on PEDs. So, I mean, again, if we're looking at all this together, I just think there's too much to say, we're going to seclude this one group of players from the hall of fame when we need to look at the bigger picture here on the, Three-minute rebuttal, Brian. Ready? Yeah. Go. Okay. So you said, you know, who can't who, – who made a mistake and then, you know, made one mistake during their career and then, you know, and didn't pay for it forever? I got one that comes right to mind was the Olympian Ben Johnson when, when he juiced um, in, the, uh, in the race against uh, Carl Lewis. 
Um, you know, he was immediately banned. That was it. He was done. Wreck gold medal given back. That was it. When you cheat, you have to get punished. Um, you talk about Babe Ruth and then the short, the, the small Yankee Stadium or whatever. I mean, that's that is not performance enhancing. We're talking about performance enhancing. I mean, Babe Ruth's typical game day preparation was a New Jersey prostitute, hot dogs and cigars. You know, I mean, that was what he was all about. And he still hit 700 home runs. You know, the thing is, we got to draw the line. You know, we like we have no idea about the Astros. What's going to happen in the future with the Astros? That cheating thing just happened. But we have to draw the line. We have to say, look, things things may not be right in the past. There's some things that we don't know. But these guys we know about. And this is where we can, you know, deter people in the future because, you know, there may be a guy that's in the league right now that's saying, you know, I don't know, should I bend a rule? Shouldn't, shouldn't I? You know, these guys, these guys made it a Hall of Fame and they did it. So maybe if I keep it quiet and, you know, I say I'm sorry later, maybe it'll be all cool. We don't want that. We need a deterrent, you know. And so, um, you know, that's what, you know, that's what I'm saying. You, know, you talk about the, the guy that was on alcohol and drugs. I mean, that, that's a great story, great redemption story and everything. But it's not performance enhancing. That's what it comes down to. You know, it makes you better. And and the, the clean players, we don't know. We don't know who would have rose up. We, I mean, you get into the intricacies of baseball. I mean, a guy who may have come to the plate who didn't come to the plate. A guy who may have made the team who didn't make the team. I mean, there's so many different times where it comes down to, you know, just one select pitch that changes everything in, in history. We have no idea what, what you know, what was changed because of these guys that, that took, you know, that took it into their own hands to, um, to enhance, uh, uh, you know, enhance their, their production by cheating. I'm done. Okay. Brett, two minutes. Ready? Go. All right. Um, I, I see your point about the Olympian too, um, but we're still, we're, you know, I want to focus on baseball and how baseball um, has, you know, chosen to ignore it until a specific point. And then we talk about performance enhancing. So we'll go, we'll go back again before 1991, where I'm going to talk about a, a hall of famer. He is in the baseball hall of fame, Mike Schmidt. Um, he is actually said to be the greatest third baseman to ever play baseball. Uh, that is a direct quote. He has publicly admitted to taking amphetamines multiple times for its energy boosting and recovery aspects of it. Um, and he said he used it throughout his years of playing baseball. Yet again, why was he not caught? Well, because they didn't really care to test for it. It was not something that they wanted to look at then. They didn't care as long as baseball was going along and it was making money. Um, and again, even though he used amphetamines, he's in that Hall of Fame. Um, and, you know, we, we look at if you, if you want a deterrent, you have to set a for a deterrent to work. You've got to set a strict set of, of policies and guidelines to follow. You can't have I'm going to test here or I'm going to discount these players or I'm going to say only steroids and not other performance enhancing drugs count. You if you want a deterrent, you need the league needs to make a actual deterrent. And I don't think they've even done that to this day, because not only are there still players using performance enhancing drugs and getting away with it? We've got other aspects of cheating now happening in baseball that are really blowing the sport up. I'm done. Okay. All right. We're going to go into our closing arguments. Each of us has up to two minutes. The order for the closing arguments is myself, Kevin, 
Brian and Brett. Brian, you still got your timer? I do. All right, you can uh, time me and Kevin, and I'll take you and Brett. So let me know so when you're ready. Two, two minutes, correct? <clears throat> yes, sir. Okay. All right, go ahead. My opponent's argument is a morality issue. Is what they did wrong? Yes, we admit that. But that has not kept other players out of the Hall of Fame, as we mentioned. Players have been looking for a competitive edge since the game started in 1869. Pitchers were using spitballs, the shine ball. Gaylord Perry admits to greasing the ball, Hall of Famer. Mickey Mantle used steroids in 61 to get better, Hall of Famer. Roger Hornsby admits to cheating and watching teammates cheat, Hall of Famer. Ty Cobb is a known racist who went into the stands and beat up a handicapped person, beat up a groundskeeper and his wife. He's in the Hall of Fame. Let's look at other Hall of Fames that people have some serious issues. Boxing, Oscar De La Hoya raped a minor. He's in the Hall of Fame. NBA, Charles Barkley threw a man through a window. Hall of Fame. NFL, Michael Irving stabbed a man. Hall of Fame. Lawrence Taylor is a registered sex offender. Hall of Fame. O.J. Simpson is still in the Hall of Fame, for goodness sake. Let that sink in. O.J. Simpson. Baseball wanted home runs. It still wants home runs. We all know last year this, the record for most home runs has been set two years in a row by the entire league because they've been juicing the ball. Baseball wants home runs because home runs equals money and fans. I'm going to finish on this. Brett mentioned the 2017 World Series champion, Houston Astros. Brian said that we don't know what's going to happen to him. Their sentence was already given. We know what happened to him. The Houston Astros were found to have cheated to get a competitive edge. Major League Baseball did not take their championship away. So why take the ultimate prize for a player, the Hall of Fame, away from them if you're not taking away the ultimate prize for a team of a World Series? That seems like a double standard. I'm done. All right. So now it's Kevin. Kevin, two minutes. Yep. Okay. You ready, Kevin? You're on mute, Kevin. Sorry about that. Start them over. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, um, title of the show is is um, should steroid users be allowed into the MLB Hall of Fame? We're not talking about other sports here. You guys keep saying, "Oh, well, you know, we're, we're talking about baseball," and then you guys have both gone off into other sports. Okay, so like, let's stick with the topic here. It's about MLB players. Yes, there's been cheaters in the past. Does that make it right? Does that mean that everyone, we should just let everybody cheat in the future and you can, it's okay. We're going to let you get away with it. We're going to still promote you into the hall of fame. We can't, we can't answer to the people in the past. We can't answer to, you know, the NFL allowing all these sex offender and drug people into their hall of fame. Like we can't answer to the past, but we can answer to the future moving forward. Like Brian had mentioned earlier, what if there's that player that's out there and is like, oh, well, all these players, they got away with it. Should I really bend the rules? Should I try and take these performance-enhancing drugs to help increase my game so I can get into the Hall of Fame too? What is that teaching our future? It's teaching that cheating's okay and we're not going to do anything about it. Go ahead and do it. We're going to turn a blind eye to it, which is why we have a lot of the issues we have today in our society because we, we let people get away with things. And now we're having all these issues in the real world. And you want to keep it into the sports too and keep it moving forward. Yeah, go ahead. Shoot up the drugs. You're fine. You guys mentioned Babe Ruth playing a smaller field. Well, let me tell you, Babe Ruth has more power than anybody I've ever seen. His final game was in Forbes Field, one of the biggest stadiums ever for baseball. The center field wall was 462 feet. That last game of his career, he hit three home runs that day. You know what? He hit one 
outside of the stadium, above the triple deck, right field uh, roof, put it out of the Pittsburgh Stadium. Only one other person has done that that I've seen, and that was Willie Stargell. Babe Ruth had power. Doesn't matter if it was a small field. It wasn't something that he can control. That was already in place. He didn't make the field smaller to give himself an advantage. That's just how the field was. You guys keep saying, oh, they, they, we should put asterisks because the field was smaller. He didn't do that. Okay, Brett, I'll take you and Brian on the timer. You ready? Ready. Go. All right. Uh, closing here, I would say, uh, yes, other sports matter. Uh, yes, past players of baseball matter uh, when we're talking about whether these players should be accepted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, cheating in baseball has literally existed as long as the game itself. We talked about the points, you know, stealing signs, doctoring balls, corking bats. Uh, cheating has become a part of the game. And actually, there have been coaches that said it's entirely acceptable as long as you don't get caught. No. I, do I believe cheating? Yeah, it's morally wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is that it exists in every sport, that professional sport that is played today. You know, you want to look at it, a couple things, and I'm going to bring up a different sport. Look at the New England Patriots, six Super Bowls. They've been caught cheating multiple times. Nothing's been taken away. Tom Brady could be looked at as one of the best players of all time. Should he be kept out of the Hall of Fame? Because Barry Bonds is one of the greatest players of all time, and they're saying he should be kept out of the Hall of Fame, again, for cheating, the exact same type of thing. All right? Um, and I want to look at this, too. The last thing I'll talk about here is, too, a player of Manny Ramirez. And when I talk about baseball creating standards that can really stop cheating, because I believe that people should be punished if they are caught with it. Manny Ramirez was caught a second time for performance-enhancing drugs, and he was suspended for 100 games in Major League Baseball. That is an acceptable offense to me, is take the steps to eliminate this from the game if you really want it out of your game. But you can't go back and say, we're going to keep these guys out who had Hall of Fame careers. We're going to keep them out because, ah, it looks bad if we allow them in because they juiced once when 40 to 50% of the league was doing the same thing. Again, double standard baseball contradicts itself every single year. I'm done. Okay. Brian, two minutes. You ready? Yeah. Go. Uh, first off, I mean, you, you talked about that, you know, baseball benefited from the juicing, and there, there may be some truth to that. But one thing you have to remember is that baseball and Cooperstown are two separate entities. Cooperstown looks at, looks at baseball, and it says – these are the players that we want to honor. These are the these are the guys that you know that that fit our criteria. Um, when you talk about the cheating, uh, you know the the different you know stealing signs and and doctoring the balls and these kind of things, those are those are not those are not good. But they're not to the same level as as injecting something into your body that you know there's been several people have died from this. It's a very very dangerous thing. And it's not something to be taken lightly. Nobody's dying from somebody corking a bat. Nobody's dying from somebody stealing a sign. But people died from steroids, and that you know this was a this was a completely life changing, just a culture changing thing. And so um, we can't make light of it. We have to draw a line in the sand and say, look, this performance enhancing drugs, any type, we can't accept it. We have we can't reward people for it. You talk about guys that have gotten that have gotten punished with you know season-long punishments, um, you know, for steroid use, 
you know, at, you know, after the steroid era has been finished, that's fine. That's that punishment is in the here and now. But these guys got off scot free. They never got punished, so they have to be punished in some way. They they never paid. You know, Barry Bonds never paid for his crimes. You know, these other guys never paid for their crimes. They have to pay for them, and this is the only way to do it. I'm done. Okay. All right, great. So before we we get our our judgment, um, we have our trivia question for a prize. Um, since next month's topic is a wrestling topic, uh, our trivia question is wrestling based. If you want a prior prize, sorry, you are currently ineligible to win again. First person to respond in the comments will win. If no one answers uh, that's watching live, we'll post the question in the group page uh, like we've done in the past. You have to answer all parts of the question. So here's the question. Which wrestler played a Santa Claus in Jingle All the Way? Which wrestler played a bouncer in Roadhouse? And which wrestler was the super, super shredder in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Secret of the Ooze. So if you get all three of those, we'll get you. That was a classic. (laughs) We'll we'll get you a prize mailed out. And man, Super Shredder was like really only in that for what, like 10 seconds? Yeah. (laughs) Before he was crushed. It it changed my life though. (laughs) (laughs) It changed your life. Yeah. (laughs) So, and just a reminder, our next show is August 27th. So we hope that you all tune in then and uh, please, you know, Throw comments out, throw in uh, your own debates on that group page. You know, let's get some good conversations going. So she's been quiet for 54 minutes. Now it's going to be her turn to talk and uh, judgment comes for us all. So, uh, Amy, Billy, what, uh, what what do you got to say here? Who are you picking? All right. Well, first of all, I think it's really interesting that you asked a teacher to weigh in on a debate about cheating. I made that comment in my yeah. argument too, remember. My, my, my <laughs> second no. choice was a judge, but. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you, all, you all had some really good points, um, but I, I have to go with, um, with Kevin and Brian. I really do. It's, it's a different type of, of cheating. It's not, and if you, I guess just rewarding people for, for doing, for doing this is just wrong and it sets a precedent. Um, you know, and you mentioned, you know, with the Astros and the big thing, like, oh my gosh, you know, they cheated. What's going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen. You know, they, they may, and I think and you, you made a really good point about the fans too. The fans don't want this. The majority of the fans don't think that people who use these performance enhancing drugs should be in the hall of fame. And, you know, if baseball is all about the fans, you've got to go with what the fans, with what the fans think. Um, yeah. I just, you know, as, as a teacher too, I just can't, I can't reward something like that. You know, you hear all, I hear that all the time. Well, I was just using my resources, you know, (laughs) but you knew it was wrong and, and they knew it was wrong. Their stats um, before and after. And I, I, I don't know. I just, I just can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't rationalize 
that type of cheating, especially when it's dangerous and it could encourage future players to um, to try something that could could really um, really you know harm their health. Um, and I just I just think that's important. You know, they they baseball players whether whether they want to or not, they're public figures and they have an obligation to their fans to to do the right thing. And you know, they, they knew they were doing the wrong thing. They got caught. Yeah, maybe there were other people that that used them too and they didn't get caught, but but you have to you you can't ignore it. I I, I can't ignore it. And I don't think that they should ignore it, especially when it's something that could harm the health of so many um, future future players. So that's okay. Next time I'm gonna get a bank robber. Yeah, I don't have cattle, Maybe. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. No, we we uh, we thank you for your judgment, and that is the <laughs> first win for Kevin and the first win for Brian. <laughs> so that means the only person without a win from our panel would be Brett. And he speaks better than all three of us, so that, that that's amazing. <laughs> no, no, Brett, you were you made a real a lot of really good points. Um, you know, Thank I you. wrote down I wrote down a lot of stuff here, but you you made a lot of really good points. And if if I would have been swayed, it would have been because of some of the points that you made. Okay. Thank you. And I, I completely get you too because uh I'm a behavior specialist at a middle school. So uh, I, I see the, the, the whole, both sides of this argument for sure. Yeah. You know, I guess, Kevin, I'll ask you the question. If uh, what, what would you do if a kid had straight A's ninth, 10th, 11th, and in 12th, 12th grade, they go and they cheat on a massive semester test. Would you decline them their diploma or would you give it to them still? So you asked me that because I brought up that point. In my yeah, argument. that's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, my point in that argument though wasn't wasn't whether or not they would graduate. I, right? I know. You know, getting caught once cheating on a massive test. I mean, yeah, you should get discipline. It should be. It should be. You know, you get a zero on that test. Yeah. But if it came down to that person and one other person that didn't cheat for valedictorian, are you going to give the cheater the valedictorian? Or are you going to give the person that did it legit? Yeah. Yeah. I just heard. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, Cheating is, I mean, everybody cheats, mm-hmm. everybody <laughs> cheats, and it's, it's depressing, honestly. And uh, yeah. we're going to end on, we're, yeah. we're going we're to end on this because uh, we've been on here for an hour now, but uh, yeah. I'm going to help all your students cheat. The answer to her <laughs> bonus question at Christmas time is Yukon <laughs> Cornelius. Okay. So if you don't know who that yeah, is. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> We're not allowed to have fun in school anymore. <laughs> we don't get to do stuff like that now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. And a special thank you to our guest judge, yes, uh, thank Andy you. Billy. Thank you. Everyone so, have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you.